0: What do you think forgiveness is? When you think of forgiving someone, what do you think that actually means? Today, we're going to have an in-depth discussion about forgiveness, shadow work, personal empowerment, and what true forgiveness really is. Melanie Ryan is joining us. She's the founder of the Golden Shadow Method. Join us to find out more.
1: You're invited, delighted to discover who you are. Anything is possible if you believe So join us on this beautiful journey. So that to show So that to show.
0: Well, Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence and we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is bigger than us, to the great mystery beyond the veil, to those synchronistic moments that lead us inexorably deeper within ourselves and our soul's curriculum. And we get to find out more about ourselves and what life is really all about. I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird, and I love these conversations week after week that we have as we come on the show and we address so many topics that people reach out to me after and say, oh my gosh, I needed that. That was like my V8 for the week. Like, thank you so much for for having that conversation. And I know today is going to be one of those conversations that it could provoke you. You might feel provoked. You might feel triggered by what's said here. You might feel like that's not true. You might have some own feelings of guilt, like maybe I should have done that. You could have a lot of things stirred up today. I'm just letting you know. And that's okay, actually, totally okay if that happens. And if it does, you can always reach out for some support. So what I wanted to start today's conversation about is about what is forgiveness? And so I have a wonderful quote from Martin Luther King Jr. As many of you know that follow me, MLK is like my my guide. I'm always reaching out to MLK, like, what do I do about this? And And I really started looking into this topic of forgiveness when it was after my divorce and the situation with the father of my children and being very, you know, not a very pleasant experience. And I wanted to shift it. And I started looking into it when my mom and I were fighting and I didn't want to lose my mom. And so I was like, what is forgiveness actually? Because people are telling me different things about forgiveness, but in my heart, I feel like I know what it is. And so this quote really appealed to me. Forgiveness does not mean ignoring what has been done or putting a false label on an evil act. It means rather that the evil act no longer remains as a barrier to the relationship, Forgiveness is a catalyst, creating the atmosphere necessary for a fresh start and a new beginning. It is the lifting of a burden or the canceling of a debt. The words, I will forgive you, but I'll never forget what you've done. Never explain the real nature of forgiveness. Certainly one can never forget if that means erasing it totally from his mind. But when we forgive, we forget in the sense that the evil deed is no longer a mental block impeding a relationship. Likewise, we can never say, I will forgive you, but I won't have anything further to do with you. Forgiveness means reconciliation, a coming together again. Without this, no man can love his enemies. The degree to which we are able to forgive determines the degree to which we are able to love our enemies. And that quote is from Loving Our Enemies. And I certainly felt like my ex-husband was my enemy. And for a while, I definitely felt like my mom was my enemy. And so I wanted to I wanted to heal that part of me, right? And I wanted to reconcile. I really desired that reconciliation. I'm like, yes, in my heart, I know reconciliation is the answer. And so with my mom, I've been able to do that. Those of you who've been following the show, you know, I wrote the whole book, Love is Fear: Healing the Mother Wound. And I'm back with my mom and we're, we're better than ever. And we don't fight anymore like we used to. It's just the coolest thing because it's all cleared, all the old stuff. So I invited Melanie Ryan to come on the show, Licensed uh, Clinical Social Worker. She's also the author and founder of The Golden Shadow Method, A Path of Awakening Your Full Human Potential. And she's somebody that is really immersed in this conversation of forgiveness. And she's here to share her expertise with us because for over 30 years, Melanie has studied psychology, spirituality, and holistic medicine. And she's been a depth psychotherapist, a Buddhist and shamanic teacher, and she weaves ancient wisdom and transpersonal experiences into healing salves for the mind, body, heart, and soul. She specializes in healing complex trauma, addictions, and chronic illness. And so tell us more, Melanie, about your journey. Uh, Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here with us. Mm,
1: Thank you so much for having me and so much of what you just said really struck my heart and soul and I love the name of your show soul nectar and <laughs> it's all
0: about the nectar it's all
1: about the soul and the nectar for the soul and what is the nectar and I don't know if you realize but the butterfly is the symbol of the soul
0: well I love butterflies I'm, I'm surrounded by mariposa <laughs> So I do study uh,
1: cross-cultural spirituality and many different lineages. And the one that I really have been into in the last five years, the newest one has been Greek mythology. And, you know, the Greek goddess Psyche, which means soul, is a winged goddess. She has butterfly wings.
0: Oh, so cool.
1: And so the butterfly is the symbol of the soul. And it's actually, I have a couple of tattoos very small ones not huge ones but my first tattoo when i was like 22 years old i went to new york city and my first tattoo was a blue monarch butterfly and that just really struck me because when you were talking and introducing you know the show you talked about the soul curriculum and i was like oh, soul curriculum i like that <laughs> i would love to hear more about that right the curriculum of the soul you know what are we here to learn What is our soul trying to teach us? And the soul has its own curriculum. And, you know, lately I've been sort of calling myself a soul doctor. And what does it mean? And what does that have to do with forgiveness and our enemies? And how can we get to a place where we don't see anyone as an enemy? Because everyone really is a reflection of what's inside of us. What's happening in our outer world is a reflection of our inner world. So if there's adversity, right, outside of us, it's happening for a reason. It's happening to wake us up to something. So I know, you know, people like to do this trigger warning kind of thing. And as a licensed clinical social worker, I got my my bachelor's in psychology and then I went on to social work. And then I worked in a lot of different settings, hospitals, psychiatric hospitals, addiction rehabs, residential treatment places. And, you know, we were taught not to trigger people, you know, and I even got called in to my supervisor's office once because I I triggered a client during a group therapy session. But when I started to study analytical psychology founded by the famous Carl Jung, And that's part of the golden shadow method is Jungian psychology or analytical psychology. It's called Buddhism and shamanism because they're all different vehicles of going into the unconscious, into the soul, into the shadow, right? Into what's hidden. And so what I say about triggers is that they're actually treasures, Mm -hmm. my book, I say triggers are treasures and that actually triggered a lot of people because it was like, what are you talking about? Why is that? How is that a treasure? How can that be a positive thing? And like so many other things that we're realizing in our culture, it's the opposite of what the mainstream says, right? So the main, the group think is that triggers are bad. So I'm saying, no, triggers are opportunities of healing because what triggers you is an activation of something hiding inside of you, right? So in analytical psychology, Jung famously said, you know, what annoys you about other people will teach you something about yourself. (laughs) So true, right? So why is that, right? Mm -hmm. It's because we own that same annoying trait. Controlling people used to annoy the crap out of me because I had control issues that I wasn't willing to look at. So when I started diving into this, and and we know that on the planet, right, over the last three years, everything is coming out and everyone is getting triggered. So triggers are actually a sign of what I say, soul loss. It's a sign of unhealed trauma. If you have healed something, then it's not going to activate you in the same way anymore. And it's also not the fault of other people that you're getting triggered because whatever is hiding inside of you that is not healed is yours. You own that. And I give the example of like when I was a teenager, you know, my first boyfriend who I was with for a couple of years, my first love, and he had a silver Honda. And after we broke up, I was devastated. And so for a couple of years, every time I saw a silver Honda, I would get triggered. So it's not necessarily people that trigger us, it's also places smells, a silver Honda, you know. (laughs) And so the environment and these things happen actually not randomly. It's happening. It's called a shadow projection in analytical psychology. The shadow, the unconscious or what's in your soul gets projected out into the universe and is reflected back to you. So we're actually manifesting opportunities to get triggered so that we become conscious triggers are a way of becoming conscious. They're sparks of awakening. And so it brings you back to that wounded part of you. And I call that wounded part, the spirit of the wounded self, that it's actually a spirit inside of you. And you have many spirits inside of you. You have spirits that carry amazing strengths, some that you're not aware of, gifts and talents. And then there's spirits inside of you that are versions of you that, you know, are wounded, that need your love and attention. And how else can they get your attention than through shadow projection and being triggered? And so for me, I have been doing this work on myself for over a decade. And I started to work with the spirit of the wounded self, the many versions of me that were split off as a result of trauma Like in shamanism, right? We learn soul retrieval. We learn that trauma creates a wound and a part of us splits off. Not completely because nothing is ever separate, but it, I say it kind of goes into another dimension. It's like frozen in time. And so until we acknowledge that, and there's a process that I teach, a protocol of going in and using active imagination, like Carl Jung taught, where we actively imagine speaking to the spirit of our wounded self. Could be your two-year-old, it could be your 40-year-old. It's not inner child work. You know, it could be you know you were in a car accident like two months ago, and you lost a part of yourself, like you haven't really felt like you're back in your body completely yet. So we leave our body when we go through trauma. In a way. And so it's often this other dimension. And then we go in and we we talk to it. It can talk to us. We can talk to it. And the goal is to gain its trust. Because the reason why it left was because it wasn't feeling safe because of trauma. So in shamanism, we learn how the soul splits off as a result of trauma. And then soul loss creates all these symptoms. It can create mental illness. It can create physical illness. You know, symptoms are ways that the soul speaks to us through the body. It's communicating. And so triggers are just another symptom of soul loss. So when I teach Buddhist meditation, I'm a Buddhist teacher authorized to teach in in the lineage of Shambhala. So I am formally a Buddhist teacher and I teach meditation, specifically uh, meditation around a concept called Shempa. S-H-E-N-P-A, Shempa, which means to get hooked. So when you get triggered, right, you someone's got a hook in you, right? And you can like be obsessing about them and you obsess about the whole situation, can't seem to let it go because it has its hook in into a wound that is not resolved. And it's creating an opportunity. So that's why triggers are treasures. It's because it's creating an opportunity for you to become conscious to become more aware, to know a part of you that you have forgotten and buried for good reason, because you don't really want to feel the pain. But we know that in order to heal, you have to feel, right? To heal it, you have to feel it. So we have to go in and do the transmutation work. We have to go and meet with these spirits. And this goes all the way back to Native American, you know, cross cultures. You know, we, and even Jung said, we were possessed, our psyche held many different spirits inside of it. And Native Americans say this too, that we have all kinds of spirits in our psyche and those can be from the collective and they can also be from our personal shadow, which is our own spirits. We can be possessed by our own spirits. We try and run from our pain. We try and run from these wounded versions of ourselves, but they don't disappear because we can't kill energy, right? So the emotions of the trauma are locked in space. They're sort of frozen in time, connected to that spirit of the wounded self. And it could be many versions of you. You could have like 10 of them, you know, and some people say, am I ever going to be done? Because I just published a workbook where people can keep track of, you know, I'm like, okay, create a page for your seven-year-old. And now create a page for your 10-year-old and your 12-year-old because they start to come in organically through your triggers. So meditating and, and taking the time to work with the shempa and sit with it. And what's coming up for me? Where do I feel it in my body? Like maybe I feel tight in my chest. Maybe I can't breathe. Maybe my jaw is clenched or maybe I feel like I got punched in my stomach. And then where does it take you? Right. So you might be like, it's totally reminding me of when my father abused me when I was seven years old. So, boom, I say, that's it. It's your, your seven year old is here. So we become possessed by that spirit of the wounded self, or in shamanism, we would call it shape shifting. You know, do you ever have an argument with someone and you're like, why do I feel like I'm talking to a child right now? And I say, oh, because you
0: are. Yeah, because you're talking to their unhealed child. I mean, that's that's so much of what this is. And I mean, our and there's even other lifetimes, but even beyond yes. that, I've realized it's the ancestral fractal because yes. these ancestral patterns, they ripple down generation to generation to generation. we're kind of all working on similar content. And the reason I can say that with some certainty now is because we have the gene keys. <laughs> so we can actually print out someone's map you know, of their soul curriculum by putting the time and date of birth in the location and then spit out a map. So, I mean, that's really how I started healing the relationship with my mom because I printed out my Gene Keys map and I went, this is very accurate. Like, this is me. These are all the thought tunnels I judge. And then I have an opinion and then I, and then I get disappointed and then I have expectations. Like, this is my map. Like, when I look at my map, these are my shadows I'm always confronted with. And then I thought, I'm going to go look at my mom's map. So I went and pulled her map out and I'm looking at this map and I'm like, my mom has reaction and provocation and struggle and conflict and all these things. And I was like, oh, she can't help it. She literally can't help it. Like this is her map. And I've started realizing like I signed up for that. Like I signed up. So if I signed up for it, that means there's some benefit to me as a soul to so you have had a mother who provokes me, mm-hmm. who, how, you know, struggle and conflict and all the things that actually is for me.
1: Yeah, totally. I love that. I've never done the gene key. I might have to do that now. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> what really I've cool. used, I've used my other, you know, I have, like I was saying, cross-cultural interests. I've studied Mayan cosmology and I've used Mayan astrological charts to also read people. And it's a great way to... It's a reading of you on a soul level on, and it gives positive and negative, right? So I had to learn about myself, my, it gives you animals and plants and, you know, different it's everything is nature. So my, my, sign, my birthday is actually the world tree, but it's also crocodile. Interesting. And so crocodile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right. So I learned the positive sides to that and also the sides that I need to be mindful of. And when I was working with my, I have a mother wound too. So when I was working with people in my family, I was doing Mayan charts and I was like, same thing. Oh, she can't really help it. This is who she is like constitutionally. Right. We come in with these I say constellations, like we're these like star beings, and on a Mayan chart, you have nine signs, and it's like that's your constellation, even though we can embody all of all twenty of the Nawals, but the nine are really prominent, and you're one that you're on your birthday is very prominent, so to become aware of yeah everyone and this is shadow work, everyone has a dark and a light, right it's like yin and yang, and that's the that's the cosmos. And then we learn how to transcend that duality, right? So becoming aware of your own yin and yang, your dark and light, and becoming aware of other people's, that perspective helps us realize, well, she is who she is. And and yes, adversity serves a purpose for us. Right? We, we need adversaries, and sometimes your mother is your adversary. <laughs> it's like uh, the Buddhist nun Pamacho Drone, she's very popular. She says, The most difficult people in your life are your spiritual teachers. And so we can actually go from forgiveness, which I say for me, my experience in being able to forgive came from healing those wounded parts of me, because until those wounded parts of me calm down, Because otherwise I was like hanging up the phone, cursing, yelling, you know, because I was getting activated. Once those wounded versions of me, the spirit of the wounded self, once they got the love and attention and I did the shadow integration, the soul retrieval and started to integrate, then I wasn't getting activated. Then I could start to forgive. And then beyond forgiving, I could actually be grateful.
0: Yes. Beyond forgiveness is gratitude. <clears throat> That's exactly where I got with my mom, Teal, because I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so grateful to my mom for being who she is so that I could become who I am, you know, because all that provocation and getting me out of mediocrity she was just trying to help me be in my style. She was helping me to be strong and be myself and not be so permissive and so submissive. And, you know, she's she like, she's trying to shake me awake. Like, come on, I didn't raise you to be this way. I want you to be yourself. And, and I was like refusing to go along for a while. You know, I was like trying to keep the peace and not go through the conflict. We can actually have some gratitude. Like you hung in there with me and you never gave up, even though I was being a dang fool for like, a long time. <laughs> you know, it's like, thank you for hanging out with me when I was being a fool and loving me anyway, you know, and getting frustrated with me, but loving me anyway through it. You know, that's really very helpful. Well, and we
1: can be their biggest challenge too, right? No, my my mother's definitely a challenge and we can be their challenge. I'm sure if my mother came on the show, she could tell you what a challenge I was to her. Oh, no doubt. So what The sparks that happen, right, as a result of the conflict, that we don't have to run away from the conflict. We don't have to run away because we don't agree. And there's been a lot of disagreement, there's been a lot of division. And I think that this topic is so important for people to understand that we can come to a place of forgiveness and even beyond forgiveness into gratitude if we're willing to go within. I'm working with. A couple now that are having problems because, and a a therapist who's actually training with me in in the triggers protocol, transmitting triggers protocol, because so many couples are triggering, they're just triggering each other, right? So it's not always mother-daughter. Sometimes it's in partnerships. And so all of the unhealed wounds are getting projected. All the shadow projection is happening and it's all creating this ugly mess. And there's blame, Right? So when you blame someone else for your triggers, like you triggered me, right? How
0: many times have we heard people say that? You triggered me.
1: And what I say is just like you had to learn that you shouldn't say you made me feel a certain way. You should say like, I'm angry because X, Y, and Z, right? So we have to own our feelings. Same thing with triggers. We have to own it and we have to say to ourselves... I'm triggered right now. I'm activated right now. And what is this? What's happening inside of me? What is it reminding me of? Where is it taking me to? It usually reminds people of something, another time in their life that they didn't feel respected or didn't feel heard or didn't feel loved or felt betrayed. And so it's all this projection of the past coming into the present And so it happens with mothers, it happens with partners, it happens all over the place. So because we're here, why are we here, right? We're here to figure out who we are, (laughs) right? And our life purpose and to
0: heal. And I think if people had a little bit more information, it's kind of like, so often what we call abuse towards ourselves is actually those trigger places getting pinged. It's like, oh, we feel that wound so deeply because you did this mean thing, or you were abusive to me, or you didn't treat me with respect. Or, and then let's take the let's take you didn't treat me with respect. Let's just take that one for a second. Even without any other model, the question is, are you treating yourself with respect? You know, because that's a deep wound. If you're not treating your th- yourself with respect, then that's a very deep wound. And then another level is, I'm sure in your system as well, you can find you can find a place that points to this. But like in the gene keys. There's a line of emotional center that's respect and disrespect. There are people on the planet that are specifically working on the respect and disrespect line of their emotional center. And so, yeah, it's super provocative when that gets pinged for that person that is working on that curriculum is very tense inside their bodies because they're that is part of their design. For me, it's apathy and sympathy. So, when I experience apathy and, and thank goodness I see this model, it's like, oh, that's what that is because I always suppress my feelings and then I won't express how I feel if it's anger or something like that up until, you know, until I learned to do better than that. But I would cause myself disease and I would suppress my anger to the point where I would flash, you know, like it would over something stupid. And react. And then I could judge myself because I reacted over something silly and stupid. And then the other person could say, You reacted, you abused me because you spoke out, or you, you know. So now we're like pinging back and forth. And in the Gene case, I call that the Eden loop, where you just ping back and forth between your emotional center and your IQ defenses, your emotional defenses and your IQ defenses, your mental defenses. This is back and forth volley between you and the other person. And so many of us are in this game where like, speaking of the triangle of disempowerment where we each feel like the victim and the other person's a perpetrator. And the funniest thing is when you think you're the victim and the other person's your perpetrator, and then they start telling you, no, I'm your, I'm the victim and you're my perpetrator. That's what happened in my first marriage. And I was like, how can we both be victims at the same time? (laughs) It doesn't make sense. Yeah.
1: Because you attracted each other, right? The wounded version of you picked him a wounded version of him picked you so that this shadow effect could happen and you could do, it, it will cause pain. And what does pain do? Make you, it makes you seek help. It makes you, you know, go in to try and find out why did this happen? And what part did I play? Or what part did he play? And it's all to make us look within. It's that pain and discomfort That's why people come in for therapy. That's why people come in for healing work. That's why people come to Buddhist meditation centers because they're in pain in some way and and they're confused. And so it's natural for us to want to avoid the pain, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's just human nature. So I teach in, in the golden shadow method, in the Buddha and the shadow pillar, which is an online immersion actually starts tonight we lean in to the pain. We learn how to become like the spiritual warrior, where for small periods of time, we sit on a meditation cushion and we conjure up, start small with small conflicts, <laughs> right? And, you know, what was the story? What? How did you feel in your body? So where do you feel anger in your body, right? And can you Do you know your body? Do you know how your mind and body are interconnected? Can you be aware of, you know, your feelings as they're coming up? Can you identify them? I mean, some people can't. Some people aren't at the place yet where they can really sit with their emotions and know how they feel. You know, just, I mean, it sounds very basic and it it is, right? But like, what kind of sadness do you have? There's so many different kinds of sadness. There's loneliness there's abandonment there's feeling unloved there's feeling unworthy you know so helping us to sit with the emotions and and gain that emotional iq that emotional intelligence that self awareness of what is going on inside of me what is this person activating and for me it's working with that wounded spirit that version of you that's still alive in your psyche these versions of you remain alive until you interact with them and bring them home. And then all triggers disappear like magic.
0: Yeah, and you know, (laughs) they do, the triggers disappear. And there's also this little magical space. And this is where I was also trying to encourage people because your perception of the other person can totally change through the process of healing the triggers, right? Mm -hmm. Your perception of what's going on can completely shift. And in some circumstances, the person can show up completely different than they ever did before. Like, it's like a different person that you're dealing with now. Like, they're not even the same person. They stopped doing whatever the thing was. And it's not because you went and had this conversation with them and said, hey, you need to stop doing this behavior. It's because something has shifted in the matrix and now they are no longer behaving that way and they're changed And it's only because you cleared everything in you that was responding or making that person respond that way, you know, the dynamic. Mm -hmm. And if they want to keep playing that pattern out, they seek somebody else. And this is the thing I was trying, I was having a hard time explaining to people is that you don't have to lovingly set a boundary with the person. I mean, you can, but that's not all the way when you actually get to the healing part, when you've actually cleared it, one or two things will happen They will just disappear because it's not fun anymore. They're not getting the game that they were playing. They're not getting that satisfaction of the shadow game if they want to keep doing that. And they'll go find somebody else. Or the second thing is they'll completely change. You'll just be like, who is this person? Because they won't even do the thing anymore.
1: Well, because when you do shadow integration is what it's called in analytical psychology. When you integrate the wounded version of you, that's in shamanism called soul retrieval, right? So you filled that hole, you filled that that space, which was where the patterns were and the triggers were coming from. So now that space is filled and you're no longer seeing them through the eyes of your five-year-old, say. So it's not that they've changed, it's that your perspective has changed because you're no longer looking through the lens of the wounded version of you anymore.
0: Yeah, and that's the smoky mirror. This is really trippy, you guys. Like, just take a moment and just think about this for a second. Just let it sink in. Well, the smoky mirror is real.
1: It's real, Melanie. People know, we know when we get activated, right? And we're like, and we say things and we do things and we freaking lose it. We lose it, right? Everyone knows what it's like to have lost it and go on full-on temper tantrum like a little kid. And we've seen it we've done it we've seen it in other people right so now here comes the compassion when you start to do this work and you go in and you meet with the wounded versions of you and you see how hard some of some of these versions of you are so traumatized and so scared they're so hard to bring home some of them some of them come running and hug you and yeah. you know they're ready to integrate into mm-hmm. your heart right? And some of them were like off in the corner crying. Like you, you know, sometimes I had to call in shamanic guides or grandmothers to help people retrieve wounded versions of them. So it's not easy work, but once we do it and they come home, then everything changes. And you realize that, oh my gosh, like that person who's triggered right now It's not really them. It's a wounded version of them. They're speaking through them. They're possessed. We get temporarily possessed. We get, and some people say things like, I'm so sorry, I don't know what came over me.
0: That has happened to me before. I had a phase in my life, like near the end of my marriage, my first marriage where that happened. And I was doing things I never thought I would do. And I was stunned at myself. And I was like, I can't keep this up. And- that's really primarily why I ended the marriage because I was like, this is not good. Like, I'm not getting the help I need to stop this and I don't know what to do. So I need to just get out of the situation and just go somewhere else. Like, <laughs> That's basically what I did. But yeah, yeah, it's really, it's like a whole different, it is like being possessed. And in the shamanic terms, like we might personify it and say it's entities or, you know, something like that. We may personify and say, okay, that's an entity and we're just going to clear the entity. But the other thing is like, It's really just restoring shadow to light. I mean, it's just kind of bringing everything home. Like you said, if we could keep the cleanest perspective on it, the highest view possible, it's just pieces of us that forgot themselves. They just forgot that they were love and we're bringing them back home to love. And we're bringing all the pieces of ours back home to love, right? And however we do that.
1: Well, we do need to gain their trust Mm because when trauma happens, the reason why that version of you split off and went into whatever dimension it went into is because they didn't feel safe anymore. And that can be because of, you know, all different kinds of abuse. And the way we experience trauma is different. What might traumatize one person might be the slamming of a door, or, you know, sometimes I've done this work with some people and it was like, they were four years old and it was the first time they ever got yelled at because they spilled the milk, you know, and they experienced a soul loss because they got yelled at, you know, and they all of a sudden realize being here on earth, is doesn't feel so safe. So we do leave the body. And I, I've worked with a very prominent psychotherapist who helps heal PTSD among combat war veterans. And people who experience really severe trauma report leaving their body. And so combat war veterans even talk about they have to kill people, right? They have a job. You know, they're sent off to war and, and there's stories of soldiers, you know, who they go into moral conflict, this like moral injury within themselves of, oh my God, I have to kill people right now, but I always, you know, was taught not to kill people. That's, that's bad. So they go into such a psychic conflict that they leave their body and they report watching themselves from above, looking down, killing people. And so on the battlefield, they lost their soul. Their soul separated. It never really came back. And so my mentor actually takes people to Vietnam and to Greece. I study with him and they go to these battlefields and actually do soul retrieval work. And I've learned a tremendous amount from him about how to integrate all of it into, you know, as a psychotherapist, not necessarily having to be a shamanic teacher, but to help psychotherapists become doctors of the soul. Because that's what Jung was doing. Carl Jung was doing shadow integration. It was soul retrieval. It was bring home these parts that are out there still suffering in the field, in our psychic field. And we get possessed by them. We can get possessed by entities of the collective shadow. Our personal shadow is our, you know, this lifetime. But then we do have, you know, because we are soul traveling through time and space, we do have, you know, I've been doing work around soul retrieval with past lives and ancestral stuff too. So it goes deeper and deeper. And the golden shadow method actually. Is uh, a two year program can even be a three year program because I have some students now who are repeating the two year. So it's a really deep purification process of the mind, body, heart, and soul. My work gets into naturopathy and cleaning out the mind and the body, and you know the foods and the chemicals and all of that because that also affects behavior. You know, sugar and alcohol and drugs can make us very aggressive. And that's all to heal, you know, to try and numb—not heal, but numb—the pain. We just have a tremendous amount of pain that we've been burying for many, many lifetimes, and it's all coming out now, right? We're going through this this wave, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, and when we feel all that pain, it is, you know, when somebody's in pain, it's really hard for them to be understanding and compassionate because pain is painful, and so yeah, but we have to lean into it. This kind of emotional pain, mental and emotional pain, we've got to lean into that pain and do our shadow work to clear that pain, to reclaim ourselves. And then we won't be in so much emotional, mental pain. And some of that physical pain also has to do with the emotional, mental pain that hasn't been processed. I mean, some of those things have to do with that, especially the unexplained things that they say, we have no idea why you're experiencing this, those things. So, yeah, I mean, I think that the, you know, the sort of experience that I've had and I with my mom of like the blank slate that Martin Luther King talked about is such a relief. Like it actually is such a relief. I can be around my mom and be carefree, like just pure hearted, just, hey, mom, so good to see you. I'm not, I don't have any of those defenses up. I'm not like, I used to have to breathe and count to like a hundred in my head. Like anytime she said something really triggering, I'd be like, like, I feel like You know, and then she would say these horrible things. And I look at my dad and my dad's looking at me and I'm just like, you know, just, I'm like, I'm like, namaste, 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 like, and just chanting in my brain, you know, just to deal with what I was experiencing from her. But that was just all my inner reality, you know, because my dad's just looking at me like, she's just saying the truth to you right now and you don't like it. But I didn't, I couldn't see that at the time because I was so immersed in my shadow, my, my smoky mirror that I couldn't own it. So when we clear the mirror, my gosh, it's so much easier to live like with a clear mirror with somebody, right? Like it's just, there's no more of that weird defensive stuff. Yeah, you're
1: more clear because you're not seeing through the wounded version of you anymore. So now you're seeing your mother through who you are now currently instead of wounded parts. And there, you know, a lot can get activated at one time when we get triggered there's more than one version of you that can jump in you and possess you and make you start saying things and thinking things and you know, just knee-jerk reaction.
0: Oh, yeah. Right? That's because there's a lot of us that grew up with our moms, right? I mean, moms and dads, like yeah. there's many versions of us, right? Oh, through the yeah. years that I could be offended at something. So just when tone of voice and everything. Yeah.
1: So when you heal and become whole, which is what healing means. Healing, the root word of healing is is actually German. It means to return to wholeness. So we have, we've been hurt, we've been wounded, we've been traumatized, our soul, our heart and soul, right? We say things like, oh, I feel like, you know, she stabbed me in the back, right? Like that's a, a puncture wound. That's what trauma is. It's a wound to our heart and soul. When we imagine like being stabbed in the back, where is it? It's right in the heart
0: right? Yeah. It's in the back of the heart and sure it does hurt when that happens. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So we have to heal the soul and there's not a whole lot of talk about that, right? So, I mean, you do, I do, (laughs) right? But like, we haven't gotten there in our mainstream, like medicine is not incorporating trauma, what trauma does to us.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the journey of forgiveness in this context that we're talking about is really like claiming that full journey to wholeness. It's like, you're you're taking this painful relationship that is your impetus to make yourself whole, to reclaim all the parts of you that get triggered by this person and to be in that process. And yeah, it's not easy. It's messy, right? I mean, I've done many ceremonies with plant medicine, muking into a bucket, you know, because I was in the ceremony and I had to release a bunch of toxic energy I stored in my body about my mom, that whole three-year period, you know? I cried, I was angry, I fumed. I mean, there were parts of me that I had to hold that I was just like literally fuming anger inside every single part of my body, breathing through it, being held by my mentor, like it's okay, take a breath, take a breath, take a breath, you know, and really hold that one. And then it would just melt at some point and disappear. It was like it's gone. So when we go through those difficult moments, right, it just it goes away, it, it dissolves, it it integrates back. It's Mm -hmm. It's gone, that part. I don't feel that anymore.
1: Integration is the key. We have to integrate. We have to transmute the wounds into wisdom. Sometimes we're not totally conscious of, you know, all the different versions of ourselves that are getting healed. Like if you do a plant medicine experience, you're not necessarily all the time. You're not always conscious of what just happened. Some parts you are, some parts you aren't. And Jung said that we're 95% unconscious.
0: Yeah, that's true. So it's a lot of stuff in the soup, isn't it? There is. And from this lifetime and And other lifetimes. lifetimes. And, you know,
1: so forgiveness is totally possible and not being triggered is totally possible. And people can check out my website and see all the testimonials of complex PTSD. I mean, people, it's blowing me away, actually, how this, I just decided to release this protocol publicly You know, I didn't know that I was ever going to. It's a combination of a lot of ancient wisdom that I've gathered over the last 15, 20 years. And I I never thought I was going to release it, but the universe had another plan. And, you know, it's our job to surrender to that. So it is coming. There's going to be a lot about it in my next book, which is called Secrets of the Golden Shadow. And it's about healing and transcending trauma. Like, we need to transcend. We need to start to really see things from a really big perspective. Like, you were talking about, you know, I chose my mother. She chose me. You know, this is karma playing out. You know, this is all happening with meaning and purpose to it. We have to find the meaning and the purpose of the relationships and our trauma and everything that we've been through to be able to find the wisdom and the compassion and the forgiveness and the gratitude. And it's there for us. We have to choose to go in and lean in. Stop blaming others for your triggers and own them. Own that you've been traumatized. Trauma is universal. If you're here on earth, you're going to go through some shit, right? Totally. <laughs> Can I
0: say that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, and guys, this isn't a mental process. There's a mind involved, but it is emotional. It's physical. It's spiritual. And the mind knows probably about 10% of what's going on. And the rest of it is like the other aspects of you. And that's why just sitting and talking about forgiveness is at a really shallow level that doesn't actually move yourself into the energy of forgiveness. So you've got to actually go to depth. (laughs) You can't just use the brain and words. It's not that's not getting at it. Yeah,
1: and when people come to see me, it's basically like what triggered you in the last week or two, you know, and that's where we go. Like it's an organic process because sometimes people are like, "I feel lost. I don't know what to work on." I'm like, "Well, your triggers are going to tell you." Yeah, they're going to. They're a very good map. Exactly. folks. Exactly. That's what you need to work on. Exactly yeah. so we don't have to think so hard about you know where are the wounded parts but sometimes it's a little tricky to figure out identifying the shadow projection basically what what wounded part is this and and that's where I I help people and once they and they can work on it on themselves too so soul retrieval has never been something that you could usually do on your own but people are I'm helping them they touch in with me and then they're off continuing to go in in this transpersonal state connect with the spirit of their wounded self and forgiveness just comes it's not even something that you have to work hard with because once you go in and you're like wow like if i have all these wounded versions within my psyche well then everyone else does too everybody else
0: does too welcome to the earth club (laughs) so beautiful 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 share today uh today melanie everybody listening i hope that you got some gems from this and got some insights and for your own journey um you said that everything's at your website can you tell us what your website is
1: so yeah my website is melanie ryan lcsw.com and i'm also on instagram which is golden.shadow.method and I talk about the golden shadow because there is a tremendous amount of gold that can be found. And when we do this work, we also reclaim all of the amazing parts of ourselves that also split off the playful side, the creative side, the side that likes to dance, the side that likes to sing. And, you know, there's so much creativity and playfulness, you know, that gets reclaimed when we bring back all of these parts of ourselves. So the golden shadow means that there's a tremendous amount of positivity that's hidden and buried and lost and forgotten as well. So I like to make sure that we keep that in mind when we talk about the shadow. There's a tremendous amount that's positive that's hidden.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, that was a really good point to make. Thanks for making that one. Gorgeous. Okay, everybody. Well, I hope you enjoyed this broadcast and this conversation. Please give us a like, a share, a comment, Um, share it with a friend who you think might be interested in the work and uh, give us a review on iTunes or YouTube or wherever you found us. And we're going to give kisses now, Melanie. You want to give kisses uh, with me? I always give them at the end. Here they come, everybody. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Love you guys and have a great week. And I'll see you next week on Soul Nectar Show. Bye for now. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Soul show. The
1: the Soul Take a sip Soul from the, nectar. Of the nectar the from source